Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,493. What I loved about it was this sort of challenge, I dare you, uh, this sort of daring yourself to, to get out there and to be your best. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest, Neil Bascom, who's calling in from Philly, where I hear it's always sunny. So that's very cool. Neil Bascom is the author of eight, I said eight, award-winning national and international best-selling books, including most recently a book that's coming out on the 17th titled Faster, 17th of March, I should say, The True Story of an American Heiress, Lucy Shell, outcast Jewish driver, Renee Dreyfus, and an old, almost bankrupt automobile company known as Delahaye who take on Hitler's Silver Arrow Grand Prix cars at the brink of World War II. Neil wrote the New York Times bestseller on the sabotage of the German atomic bomb program, The Winter Fortress. He also chronicled the search for a Nazi war criminal in Hunting Eichmann and the story of Roger Bannister's four-minute mile in The Perfect Mile. His work has won awards, been optioned for film and features and documentaries. He's also written for The New York Times, The Wall Street Journal, and The Los Angeles Times. And like I said, he lives in Philadelphia, where it's always sunny. And guess what? Ten Cars Yeah listeners are going to win a copy of this book when it comes out in March. So make sure you go to the Cars Yeah website, click on the free book button. That'll sign you up for the drawing. Very nice of him and his publishers to do this. We'll be back in a minute to talk with Neil. But first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom-tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim-weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark a Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler-up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to carsyad.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Neil, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I'm buckled up, ready to go. All right, we're going to have some fun here. 
Before we start here, could you tell our listeners, I gave a nice little bio there, but maybe a little bit more about yourself before we get rolling. Sure. I mean, I was uh, raised in St. Louis, uh, raised on uh, a hockey rink for most of my uh, youth. I've traveled around a lot since then. I became a journalist uh, straight out of college and lived in London for a while and Paris and, and Dublin and then New York and started writing books full-time about 20 years ago. And I've, I write a, a wide range of, of kinds of books. Uh, my wife says that I, I pick them based on where I want to travel next, uh, which, uh, which I, I don't think is terribly kind. Um, but there's definitely a theme of the kind of stories that, that attract me, that draw me. They're very much David versus Clive stories. Uh, stories about ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And, you know, this latest book of uh, Faster with Renee and Lucy and, and the battle against the Germans right before World War II in the motorsport arenas, sort of right down that wheelhouse of the kind yeah. of books that I love to do. Yeah, it's fascinating. And as a car enthusiast my whole life, I've just found it wonderful combining the history and the stories and all this interlacing of people is really, really cool. And then what's even better than uh, Grand Prix race cars uh, back in the day? These cars were so incredibly dangerous and daring. And the fact that a woman was involved, I mean, everything about it is very intriguing. We're going to learn a little more about it, but also a quick another question for you here. What's one thing that most people don't know about you, Neil? I, th I think there's quite a, quite a bit, uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I tend to keep things pretty close to the chest. You know, I've, a few things from my youth people don't know that I still sort of pursue is I, I collect stamps, which is kind of weird. Uh, not a whole lot of people do that anymore. I used to be a computer, uh, quote unquote geek who, you know, coded in machine language and, uh -huh. and did that. But I think, you know, it's sort of most apt to, to maybe your audiences, uh, that many people maybe don't know is that I love to drive. Um, I love to drive very long distances on open roads. Uh, I got that from my mom who, couldn't be happier being uh, behind the wheel on a highway uh, going from St. Louis to Charleston. And it's just something that, you know, I just did with my family in a Subaru uh, out back and my two kids and my dog took my kids, uh, my family cross country. And just it's kind of a happy, lovely place for me is to be behind the wheel and sort of cruising across the country. Well, we live in a wonderful country for that. There's so many beautiful places to drive and I know I grew up uh, back in the 60s and 70s. We used to take long road trips in our Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser. Uh, we drive from San Diego to Texas to visit my grandparents on their farm. It was like going to an alien planet for a kid who spent his youth on the beach surfing to go to a farm in the middle of Texas. But uh, they're a wonderful way. It's, it's kind of sad because I don't know if a lot of people do it anymore. I mean, you can jump on planes and be places so quick, but it's a great way to bond with your family. So many beautiful things to see. So I'm very happy to see that. Let's start with a success quote or a mantra. Some kind of saying that's been instrumental in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Neil, you love to drive, grab the wheel. I guess my favorite quote, it's kind of a seismic uh, book for me in my youth was uh, a book called I Dare You by John Danforth. And it was, you know, very self-helpy. Uh, kind of, uh, you got to build this four quadrant life. You got to be intellectual, spiritual, physical, and social. But what I loved about it was this sort of challenge. I dare you, uh, this sort of daring yourself to to get out there and to be your best. 
And it's something that I still, whether it's, you know, I'm venturing out in something that I don't know much about or taking on a new challenge where I, I kind of look myself in the mirror and say, Neil, I dare you. It sounds kind of silly, but it's one of those <laughs> things that, that still works. And it yeah. worked when I was 16 and it's working when I'm 48. So I'm holding on tight. No, I think it's great. Do you ever look in the mirror and say, I double dog dare you? <laughs> no, but uh, I, I definitely do that with my children, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, just don't put your tongue on a frozen pole. No, that's for sure. Not. No, don't do that. Well, I think it's great. You know, pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zones, it's cliche-ish, but it's really true. That's where the good things start to happen. They can be frightening and scary, but you know what? Nobody wants to get live to a ripe old age and go, man, I wish I woulda, coulda, shoulda. And they didn't. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I encourage people, dare yourself every day. Don't be silly. Don't be stupid. But Well, maybe be silly, but don't be stupid. But dare yourself. You'd be amazed what you can do. I've got proof here. 1,493 guests here on Cars Yeah who dared themselves to do things. Let's talk about this book. I want you to talk a little bit more about the book. Again, it's faster. How a Jewish Driver, an American Heiress, and a Legendary Car Beat Hitler's Best. What got you into this theme? What did you learn through the process? Uh, what excites you about this new book? And again, to our listeners, it's coming out March 17th. We're kind of wetting your whistle here. We're going to give away 10 of these things, so make sure you go subscribe on the Cars yeah website. Talk about fast. Sure. I, mean, I was first drawn to the story, I guess, about three and a half years ago. When I learned this, kind of just this tiny little tidbit about the Delahaye race car, the Delahaye 145, and it had just uh, been out uh, at the Concord at Pebble Beach, a uh, restored version of it. And I learned that there was a time, you know, soon after Hitler invaded France, where he pursued uh, finding the four Delahayes that were ever built, having them destroyed. Uh, he went to the uh, Automobile Club de France, had all the records uh, stole, taken out of uh, the archives there and destroyed. And this idea that history, uh, that Hitler wanted to erase the history of this race car and what it had accomplished uh, right before the war. And that was a kind of like spark moment for me. But what I what was particularly fascinating to me were the individuals surrounding it. And you bring up Again, Lucy Shell, who was an American heiress. She was one of the early speed queens. Uh, she was probably the best uh, American Monte Carlo rally driver with her husband of the time. And she decided in the mid-30s, after the Silver Arrows had sort of swept the field, that something needed to be done, that they, someone needed to take them on. And so she financed and ran the first woman to do so, Grand Prix race team to take on the Germans. And she recruited to her team, Renee Dreyfus, who was this really very good driver who drove for Bugatti and Maserati and Alfa Romeo, eventually found himself sort of banned from the best teams and the best cars because he uh, was Jewish. And he was kind of a reluctant uh, hero in that sense. I mean, he didn't sort of wear his, his, uh, he didn't really even get shoulder. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. didn't wear his faith. He considered himself a, a race car driver and that was it. But Lucy saw something in him and recruited him and they went, uh, with Delahaye, which is you introduced in the early part of the show, this sort of bankrupt French automobile, uh, manufacturer who really, took a big leap of faith and a chance on on building a race car when they were producing, 
I think one critic said cars that were best uh, best put in a funeral procession. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Del poor so Del Hay. <laughs> and they created, uh, they joined motorsport again and, and created this line of cars that even today is, is are, consider, are considered the most beautiful in the world. So it's this multi-layered story with fascinating characters that brings it, weaves in this sort of social, political, economic dynamic of this period of time. And it just, there's great race car scenes, but there's also great character moments. And I just, I've written a lot of books as, as introduced, but but this is probably one of my favorites. Yeah, well, it's fascinating. It's interesting. It's fun. And for us car enthusiasts, uh, it brings together so many really cool things. I always ask my guests about a big challenge or a big failure they face. I'd like to twist this a little bit towards the book faster here and have you explain or talk about what were some of the big challenges you faced as you were researching this story? Because there's so many pieces of history in here and there's so many ways you could have gone down, maybe some traps if you will, the way I think about it with history and leaning one way or the other. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced in re- researching this book? Well, you know, researching in the car, quote unquote, car world is very different than other books that I've written. Let's say I've written about, you know, World War II sabotage story where, you know, the British archives were were deep and rich and they were public and they were available. What I learned very quickly in the car world is is a lot of these papers and a lot of these stories are are held in private collections. And so it becomes this sort of kind of detective work to try to plumb out who owns what, who owns what papers on Delahaye, who owns, has uh, photographs of Lucy Shell, and also tracking down the families like Rene Dreyfus's family. So, so really, the way that I write these books, the amount of research that I need to really tell the visceral details of what people were thinking and doing and what it looked like and what it smelled like and really put readers right there requires the kind of research that's always a bit of a risk, you know, and there's there's failures along the way. You know, you run into walls, particularly with Lucy Shell, who her two children died. Uh, they didn't leave any papers and really trying, you know, going all the way to the to the little town that she was from and, and learning the local stories of what she was like. So it was all that kind of uh, research elements that you know, there were many challenges. And fortunately, I was able to sort of gather together quite a rich treasure of, of, of material, but it took time. It took a lot of time. <laughs> I'll bet. No doubt. Now, part of this research involved a very fun adventure I know you got to do. You got to go get a ride in one of these old Delahaye race cars, right? I did. Peter uh, Peter Mullen owns uh, one of uh, the four, or actually owns three of the four Delahaye 145s, and uh, Richard Adato, who uh, part of the board at the Mullen Museum uh, and is a great historian in his own right, took me out on a drive in the 145, this race car that I'd been writing about for three years, and it was just I'll remember it for the rest of my life, just that moment of sort of flying through these uh, orange groves and being scared out of my wits and having the wind sort of wrestling through my hair and just really experiencing just maybe a half measure of what uh, Renee would have uh, taking this uh, this kind of u- ugly duckling race car to such extraordinary speeds. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, Peter Mullen and Richard Dotto have both been guests here on Cars, yeah. Uh, of course, if you've never been to the Mullen Museum, just, you've got to go. It's absolutely stunning. And of course, if you can't get there, you can go to their website where they have incredible history and stories and things like that. And there's other great organizations like the Revs Institute where you can go and find history on cars and so forth. So 
thankfully, there's these people that are preserving these really museum pieces for us to enjoy and for our heirs and people down the road to enjoy forever because otherwise these things get lost, especially old race cars. They end up being junked and thrown away and nobody ever sees them again. And all that history is lost. So I think that's very, very cool. We're going to take a short break. We're going to thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must-read whether you dream of owning a collector car, have two cars, or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years, and it's filled with valuable articles, intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at com. If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting. But what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we're back, and I would love for you to share a little bit about your automotive journey. Maybe share a story that instigated your personal passion with cars. Maybe it was younger. Maybe it was an older when you got into this book. But tell us a pivotal moment in your life when you knew, you know what, I think I might be a car guy. Yeah, I mean, I really think it's it was in the course of researching and writing faster that I became a quote unquote car guy. And and I find that way in many of the stories that I tell, you know, when I, for, my first book was about a skyscraper war in New York in the, in the 20s. And I really wasn't an architecture guy until I began investigating those, those people. And it's really, you know, the individuals that excite me. And going into this research of Grand Prix racing, learning about the history of it, learning about these beautiful cars, walking the courses, I just, I became a convert you know, in many ways, really beginning to see these cars as not only just sort of vehicles, but as kind of works of art in many senses. And faster is, you know, 
tells the story of these of these people and uses cars as kind of the vehicle for that, just like you would, you know, a, a World War II story about a B-29 Super Fortress bomber. You know, it's about a plane, but it's really about the heroes who flew it. That's my sort of where I became a car guy. I think the first time I really thought about the beauty of cars was much earlier. My grandmother, Helen, had a beautiful, beautiful 68 ruby red convertible Mustang and would take me driving in it. And I always just was exhilarated by that. (laughs) And uh, it's the kind of one of the very sad things from the family was when she sold it off. And and we, we still talk about that car. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. One of the neat things about the book, uh, I love the illustration on the front. It's very 30s, 40s uh, artists, like you see some of these wonderful old posters. Um, Tony Singer, who's a, a good buddy of mine and friend of mine, has a vintageautoposters.com website where he sells authentic old posters from these old races. And uh, the artist here, Christina Snyder, who did your cover illustration, I think did a fantastic job of that sense of speed and that era of design, which is very, very cool. Do you have a special vehicle in your life, a first really special vehicle? It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Just do <laughs> something special for you. Yeah, Mark, and I just said, before I answer that, I want to say, you know, I'm so glad that you pointed out that sort of cover faster, like it, we were going exactly for that Art Deco look. Oh, um, you, you that nailed that it. Period. And I just, I'm absolutely just thrilled. I, you uh, know, I, I can see posters, uh, posters being made that look like that. <laughs> uh, it, most definitely, because I'd hang that in my garage for yeah, sure. I'm sure my mother will make a poster. She she does it quite frequently for these books. But oh, uh, bringing you back to your car. You yeah. know, the first car I ever owned, Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of like your first, right? You always remember it. I owned a... Uh, again, this is not this is not a car you would buy uh, anymore. Uh, but the deal with my family was that if I got a full ride to college, uh, that they would buy me a car. It was wow. a very a very clever ploy by my father. Uh, <laughs> to I should have thought pay, of that. Not pay for college. Um, <laughs> I had to sell my fancy cars to pay for college. Dang, your dad was a lot smarter uh, than he, me. <laughs> he was very smart, and I he didn't have a lot of money, but they they bought me a, a Suzu Impulse, which you know this is back in 1989. So yeah, I, I was you know it kind of had a dash like a spaceship. And that was probably what sort of captivated me. It wasn't a terribly well riding car, but you know, it was mine. Yeah. Uh, I, I had it for five years. I went to college in it. I wooed my, picked up my first girlfriend with it, drove out west in it, uh, sold it for when I moved to London and used that cash. So it's just the kind of the car that got me started. Yeah. And uh, I hold it uh, sort of close. Of course, of course. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, Neil, and, and I'm curious when you answer this to have you think this way, if your answer maybe has changed after writing this book faster. I asked all my guests this question. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, you were actually manifested as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as a vehicle, what would Neil be and why? You know, I've, I've listened to a few, <laughs> few of your uh, casts here. <laughs> I've got some interesting answers. I knew yeah, this I know. question was coming. It's an odd one. <laughs> and so I, I kept thinking, oh, it'd be so great to be a Jaguar or, you know, a, a oh, Porsche. Yeah. But I think the car, and again, this may be a strange answer, um, but a, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine in France had this car. And I remember I f- first rode in it and I just felt like it was, it just made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt sort of like it was 
how best to describe it. It was kind of like stepping into a part of myself. And uh, that was a Citroen SM. Oh, wow. Uh, which, you know, it's a pretty sharp looking car. Maserati uh, engine. Yeah. Uh, but not too sharp, you know, uh, sort of <laughs> fast, but not too fast. It's kind of refined, but not uh-huh. like outlandish. And I sort of kind of, you know, I feel like those qualities or those characteristics sort of tether well with my personality. And, and I just, I remember loving that car. And, yeah. and so it may be a little wish fulfillment, but I would say a Citroen <laughs> SM. <laughs> you know, I like that answer. And I like the reason why I have a good friend who was a very early guest here, Kenji Yoshino. Uh, he actually has a business in Seattle where he sells Citroen parts all over the world. Wow. Kind of interesting, a guy that grew up in Japan, um, fell in love with French automobiles and especially a very unique automobile like that. And he, he would, I would often tease him about them a little bit because I'm a German sports car guy <laughs> and he would always take me for rides in his different Citroens. And it was like riding in a cloud. It was just, uh, they're, they're really interesting cars and they're so unique and innovative and different. And in fact, my wife and I have been watching the series The Crown. And uh, last night, the show we watched, they had gone to France to bid farewell to the king, the once king who abdicated the throne for love and was banished to France. <laughs> and they were driving up in the Citroens. And I think the reason I like this show is not so much the show, it's the cars, because they have all these interesting, fun, old cars through time. So Nicely done, my friend. Well, Neil, we're entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that Citroen throttle. So here we go. Will you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success as a book writer? I would say coffee. Uh, Lots of of coffee. I kind of wrap (laughs) my days around it, you know. I get four cups a day and I'll, I'll do about 200 words per cup of coffee. And so... It's uh, my regiment. You know, I've heard this. I've had many hundreds of authors on this show, and many of them talk about you just got to sit down and write, even when you don't feel like you just have to do it. Now, in your case, coffee helps you do that, I would imagine. Yes, it does. It's kind of like it's a ritual in in many ways. You know, it's it's sitting down again, like you have the blank screen and you you take that sip of coffee and it kind of gets you where you need to be sort of in a mental state. Uh, I used to have a much worse habit uh, <laughs> years before uh, with cigarettes, but uh, I've I've abandoned those, so I've, I've well, left thankfully. with coffee. Exactly. Thankfully so. Yeah, those things are nasty. They'll get you. So I'm glad that you beat that one. You know, I had to do the same thing. I have what's called a reading chair here, and uh, I go there to read. I, I For some reason, I just can't read anywhere else. It's It's my place to go and focus, close the doors, put some soft music on in the background, and I just enjoy that space. That's like my private time to enjoy a great book. So That's lovely. Yeah, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, I kind of think I know how you might answer this, but we'll see. Living or <laughs> deceased, who would it be? I would say, you know, it's a. Uh, I think you got it right on the head. I would say Lucy Shell or Renee Dreyfus. I mean, I've yeah. really spent three years with them, uh, mm-hmm. reading about them, writing about them, but of course never got to meet them. And A, I just want to, I would love to just enjoy a laugh with them. But B, I, I want to make sure that I got it right. So I would love to be able to sort of uh, plumb their thoughts and uh, spend some time with them. Wouldn't that be marvelous to be oh. able to bring them back and sit and listen and see how how you perceive them versus who they are? It's kind of like people that we 
we hold in high esteem and then we meet them. Many times they're better than what we think, sometimes not as good. But it's interesting to go through that process because we have this thought process in our head of who these people are. I wish I could do that for you. Yeah, it'd be really cool. I always ask my guests about best automotive advice. I'm going to twist this a little bit to book writing advice for people out there that want to write books, want to try. And I always tell people, you know, sit down and write. You don't have to write a book, but sit down and write down your thoughts. It's like journaling, I guess they call it. Uh, It's an amazing practice. You'd be amazed what comes out. My father used to always give me these journals to write in. He said, don't even worry about what you're writing. Don't even make sentences. Just write, just write, just write. So what would you offer? Yeah, what would you offer as far as best uh, uh, book writing advice? Passion, I think, is probably foremost. I think you Mm -hmm. have to choose, you know, I write nonfiction, so I will only sort of follow uh, subjects or, or stories that absolutely invigorate me. And then I have to know more and I have to know the people. And I would say similarly, if you're, if you're writing fiction, you know, you have to, the story almost has to burst out of you. And so I think it's really a question of choosing your subjects or, or your story wisely and starting there. And then, you know, I, uh, I have lots of advice, but, but none of it's probably fairly useful. <laughs> I think uh, writers, uh, like your father would say, writers need to write and uh, start there. Drivers need to drive, artists need to draw and paint, and writers just need to write, and piano players need to play. So Exactly. Yeah, practice, practice. How about a great resource? Is there one, a go-to maybe for you? This could be a website you like, could be an app you use every day, could be a person in your life, a supplier, some kind of great resources that you found useful for what you do. Well, I'd have to say my favorite site, at least for writing faster was this uh, website called the golden era of Grand Prix racing life. Snellman has it. And it's sort of this weird Finnish address. So I won't say that, but if you Google golden era of Grand Prix racing, every race in the thirties is documented there. The cars, uh, the lap times, uh, little narrative accounts of each race, the rules, the regulations at a period of time, the, the tracks, just everything. I mean, he's collected this absolute, treasure trove of, of, of a resource for this golden era of Grand Prix racing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great site. Now, I always ask my guests for a book they would recommend. Obviously, today we're going to be recommending, I'm going to be recommending Faster <laughs> by my guest today, Neil Bascom. Uh, it's, a, it's just a tremendous book. And again, I want to remind you listeners, if you want a chance to win a copy, go to my website, click on the free book button. I'll send you my free filler up ebook and your name will be in the hat to win one of 10 books that his very nice uh, publishers, uh, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, are going to be offering to my listeners today. So make sure you do that. But is there maybe a book that you haven't written that you might recommend that people pick up and read that you really enjoy? It doesn't have to be about cars. Sure. One of the most recent ones I read and I was talking about it the other night is this book called Captain Class uh, by Sam Walker. And it's really sort of an investigation of what makes sports teams succeed. His definition of it is these remarkable captains that they have. And it's this sort of both a statistical sort of insight into what the great teams of history are, but also who the captains were that led them. And it's this mix between, you know, sports history, but also business guidance. And it's just a really very smart, well done book. Awesome. Great. I'll make sure I put links to that book. And of course, 
as soon as Faster is out, which will be March 17th. You can get that book either uh, ebook as an ebook or a hardcover when it comes out in March. Uh, but you can sign up to win one too. So give it a shot. You never know. <laughs> All right. We are up to the checkered flag here, Neil. Uh, this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, park it in your garage for you to enjoy. But there are a couple rules here because I'm writing the check. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other uh, pencils to write with or whatever you might want to spend your money on. You have to keep it and I want you to drive it. So no garage queens here. But here's the kicker. It's the only one collector car you can have in your garage. So you need to choose wisely. What can I buy a writer like you today? Well, I would steal uh, uh, Sam Mann's uh, Frenet-bodied uh, Delahaye 145. He owns it uh, in New Jersey. It's this beautiful swooping lines, baby blue body on the 145 race car uh, chassis and the engine. I mean, the engine, the V12 on it just sort of makes your heart sort of patter, you know, thump in your chest. It's just a beauty and also a powerful car. Yeah, I know that car. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just absolutely beautiful. I'll tell you the Delahays, for you listeners that aren't real familiar with that brand, go out and do a little research. They're just magnificent looking vehicles, uh, despite maybe their rough uh, days and the days when they were building them and so forth. But they're just some of the most beautiful. And of course, for an A-body, some of these cars were uh, chassis built and different people built the bodies and put them on them. They were really, really stunning. So I'd be happy to park that car. Yeah, I'm going to have to steal it from Sam, most likely, when he's not <laughs> yes. looking. Yeah, I'll have him on the show. And while we're recording, I'll send somebody over to pull out of his garage. So I think that's a heist we could pull off, Mark. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you find me in jail for that one. But uh, <laughs> happy to do it for you, Neil. Happy to do it for you. Thank I you. I think this is great. You're welcome. Well, listen, you've taken us on a very faster ride. I like the way you plug that book there. Uh, here at Cars Yeah today. This has been really fun to get to know you and to be able to read your book and uh, enlighten my guests with this. I I know that you listeners are going to love this book because it just has such a wonderful, um, as I keep saying, interlacing of history and people and experiences. And I really know, Neil, you've done a wonderful job of taking us there. I mean, I, I could feel the wind in my face and uh, the excitement of these races as I read your book. So I really want to thank you for being a guest here today. Before I let you go, though, would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you drive off into the sunset there in Philly in that beautiful ex-Sandman's Delahaye? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll steal a, a bit of a Ferrari quote, and it's actually the dedication to Faster. Uh, and I dedicated it to my two daughters, Charlotte and Julia, and it's May you embrace life's fearful joys. Mm. And, you know, just getting them. A great teacher once told me never to make a decision uh, one way or the other out of fear. And I think this Ferrari quote sort of says that and, and takes it to another level, which is, you know, some of the best things in life are scary. The job you want, the, the love you want, the friends you want, the adventure you want. And so just yeah. take the leap. Yeah, absolutely. What a great thing. A nice dedication to your daughters as well. I've got a daughter. They're very special. So uh, you were fortunate to have two in your life, which is very cool. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you? Do you have a website? Are you active on social media? Sure. Uh, the website is uh, neilbascom.com, N-E-A-L-B-A-S-C-O-M-B.com. And I'm also on Facebook and on Twitter. There you go. I'll make sure to put links to all those on Neil's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. 
Follow this guy along, get a copy of the book when it comes out. Again, Faster is coming out. It's a 368-page hardcover edition book on March 17th, 2020 from our friends at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Also going to be in an ebook, which uh, my daughter, or my wife is walking around with ebook earbuds in her ears all day. I think so she didn't have to listen to me talk all the time, but uh, she loves listening to books that way. I do as well. It's great. Listeners, again, you can find everything on Neil's show notes page on the Carjow website. Neil, N-E-A-L, as he said, Bascom, B-A-S-C-O-M-B is the spelling of his name. Neil, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, your sharing the experiences. Next time you go drive in one of those Delahays, take me along. I would love to have Rich uh, drive me in one of those cars, although, uh, yeah, he can be very spirited, but he knows what he's doing. Until <laughs> you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. It was lovely. You're welcome. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Cars Yeah.